chapter 9, Luke chapter 9, and also Acts chapter 1, please. Luke chapter 9 and Acts chapter 1. And the Lord led us to start a study a couple of weeks ago called the Unstoppable Spirit-Filled Church. And let me tell you something, this is not just to learn about the early church of Jerusalem. This is a prophetic study where the Lord is saying, that's us. We are a part of Jesus' unstoppable, spirit-filled church, and he wants us to be the church that he's called us to be. Somebody say amen to this. I don't know about you, but I don't just want to sit my can in a church just because you're supposed to. I want to be a part of the body of Christ and the movement of the Holy Spirit that began with the ministry of Jesus and continued on in the book of Acts with the ministry of the apostles and all those disciples and how that the whole thing exploded. I want to be a part of that, don't you? Don't you know that the church has fragmented over the years and some parts of the church is like a tree and you notice some branches are dead. Some branches are dead. And there they are. No, they may have some life on it. There are no leaves. There's no fruit. But there they are. They're still part of the tree. Well, I'm not saying that, you know, this group is saved, that group is saved. Well, that's, that's Jesus' job to judge that. Isn't that right? But I want to be a part of the green part, don't you? I mean, with fruit hanging all over the place. Like Psalm 1 says, his leaf also shall not wither. And whatever he does, bam, it's prospering. That's the unstoppable spirit-filled church that the Lord's talking to us about. And so if you haven't been a part of this, we're looping you in right here. We're looping you in. Somebody said, I don't even know what that means, an unstoppable spirit-filled church. Well, now we're going to make you a part. Let me tell you, it, I remember, see, I'm all stirred up today. I, I remember I, I, I was in a hurry. I, need, I wanted to get my car washed, and I was in a hurry, so I saw one of these gas station car washes. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And so I thought I'm going to run my car through there. And so I went in there, and well, you know what? Uh, I had been taking it, you know, somewhere where, you know, they were doing it, vacuuming everything. Well, now they got the vacuum cleaner, you know, it's self-serve. And so I put my car up there. I said, I know how, you know, it's a vacuum cleaner. You know, you know how to use that, you know. So I, you know, so I, I open the door, I get up there, you know, and, and do what you got to do. And I take that thing. Well, well, you know, it's not like a vacuum at your house. It's this hose, you know, that goes up in all this piping and then back down on the ground. You don't know really where it goes. But that thing's stronger than the one at home. And so, you know, I got into my car and I started, you know, you know, man, it's sucking stuff up, you know. And, and all of a sudden, I, I had one of those, uh, you know, those little bags for your sunglasses, but they're, they're nylon. You, you clean your sunglasses with them, you know. I got a little too close. It was gone. My bag for my sunglasses was gone. And so I'm like looking at that hose like, where'd it go? Where'd it go? Took my, it took my change. Got a little too close, man. Sucked up those coins. There it goes. And let me tell you what, that's the way it is around here. You get too close around here, you're going to get sucked in. Isn't that right? You're going to get sucked in, and before you know it, the power of the Holy Spirit is going to be flowing into your life. You're going to have fruitfulness. People's lives around you are going to change. So just don't think you can just come around here and sit. You're going to get affected. You're going to get infected with the power and the life of Jesus Christ. Somebody say amen to this. All right. Did you find Luke chapter 9 yet? Hold Acts chapter 1, we'll get there. But I want to start here in Luke chapter 9. This is something that we read last week. But I want to hit it again. Luke chapter 9. And I want us to read verses 1 through 3 out loud. And then I want to skip to verse 6. So we're going to read 1, 2, 3, and then verse 6. 
So we're going to read from the New King James Version. As usual, if you don't have the New King James, that's all right. But follow along on the screen so we can all read the same words. Everyone together. Luke chapter 9, out loud, verses 1 through 3, and then verse 6. Ready, go. Then he called his 12 disciples together and gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. He sent them to preach the gospel of God. Excuse me. I messed it up. To preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. And he said to them, take nothing for the journey, neither staffs, nor bags, nor bread, nor money, and do not have two tunics apiece. Verse 6. So they departed and went through the towns, preaching the gospel and healing everywhere. Now I want you to notice again verse 1. Then he called his 12 disciples together and gave them power. And gave them power. We normally pronounce that Greek word dunamis. Dunamis. He gave them power. And so last week we talked about how the church that Jesus began started with his ministry. And a lot of times we think about the ministry of Jesus just being him. But what he did is in Luke chapter 9, he called the 12 and he gave them power and authority and he sent them out. Now we've got 13 people preaching the gospel with power. And then in the next chapter, he called 70 others and he sent them out with power and authority. So now we've got 83 people in the ministry of Jesus. We have documented that there were 83 different people out preaching the gospel with power, the power that he delegated to them, the authority in Jesus' name. Now, we talked about how Jesus, when he built his church, when he began the ministry and re the reestablishment of the kingdom of God, he didn't just keep it to himself. He began to multiply power and that multiplied people. He multiplied power and that multiplied people. And then we looked over at the book of Acts and when Jesus restarted that thing and said, now you stay right here until you get the power, then they began to multiply and other people began to be filled with the Holy Spirit and more and more people began to go out. Now I want to pick it up there and Notice it says here in verse 6, So they departed and went through the towns, preaching the gospel and healing everywhere. So he gave them power and authority, and they became preachers. They became preachers, all right? Now, let me just mention Luke 24. This is at the end of the book before Jesus left. Jesus said in verse 49, Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry, that means wait, in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. That's that same word as we would say dunamis. It's pronounced a little differently, I believe, but most people know that as dunamis. Now let's look at Acts chapter 1. And I want to look at this eighth verse here. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Notice, you shall receive power when... You shall receive power when. Now let me ask you a question. When do you receive power? When the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. What's the very next thing he said? And you shall be witnesses. And you shall be witnesses. Sometimes when we're talking about the power of the Spirit, we have other things on our minds than being a witness. And you shall be witnesses. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Or end of the earth. Now notice again, chapter 2, verse 4. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And then Peter, of course, stood up and began to preach because all the crowd came. Verse 41 says, Then those who gladly received his word were baptized, and that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. Would you say that's power? Yes. Wouldn't we call that power? Yes. Somebody stands up, the big crowd saying, What's that noise we're hearing? Somebody stands up to explain that this is what the prophet Joel prophesied, that in the last days, says God, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Sons and daughters will prophesy. Old men will dream dreams. Young men will 
dream uh, or have visions. And I'm going to pour out my spirit over everybody. Your men servants and your maid servants. In other words, everybody, young and old, male and female, everybody is going to be filled with the Holy Spirit and begin to do it. In other words, the multiplication that Jesus began of delegating that power and delegating that authority and them going out to share and to preach. Joel prophesied in the last days that's going to be everybody. It's not going to be 83 people. It's going to be everybody. So the unstoppable spirit-filled church is a church that understands that it's not just the cool-looking guy up in front that's doing all the preaching. Didn't get one amen on that, did I? Not, I mean, didn't get one amen on that. Listen, the, the unstoppable spirit-filled church is a church that understands that the Holy Spirit has been sent to come upon all of us and that all of us have this same power that Jesus had. All of us have this same authority that Jesus had. And so therefore we should not be so timid to share and to even preach the word of God and to see people saved and to see signs and wonders. And to lay hands on the sick. Didn't Jesus say these signs will follow those who believe? Listen to this. He was talking to the apostles, the 12, and the others who were there outside of Jerusalem, telling them to go wait in Jerusalem for the promise. Well, we know 100, about 120 ended up in that room. So there were at least 120 here that he was talking to. And he said this, go preach the gospel to every creature. And these signs will follow those who believe. He didn't say these signs will follow you. He said these signs will follow those who believe you. In my name, they'll cast out demons. They'll speak with new tongues. They'll lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Isn't that right? So Jesus, when he left, he wasn't even saying, I'm delegating it to you. You guys carry on till you die and then... Throw it to 12 other people. No, no. He's saying, you're going to go out and preach now. And this same power of the Holy Spirit is going to come on everybody that you preach to. And then they're going to go out and preach. And it's going to come on everybody that they preach to. See, this is the way Jesus set it up. And we've gotten it messed up because we want to limit it and say, well, you know, not everybody, you know, has the gift to be able to do it. Listen, it's not a gift. It's a commission. It's a commandment, but he gave us and empowered us with the Spirit of God who's going to do the work. So the heavy lifting, the Holy Spirit's going to do. He's going to do it. But if you don't believe he will, then you won't do it. But the unstoppable Spirit-filled church is a, is a church full of faith. Amen. And says, I believe the Holy Spirit's on us. I believe we have that. I believe we have that. All right, let me get back to teaching here. Now, 3,000 were added to the church. That's the power of the Holy Spirit already at work in the same chapter in which they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Now look at the next chapter, Acts chapter 3. It says in verse 1, Now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. That's 3 in the afternoon. The hours, uh, the hours start at 6 in the morning. And so the ninth hour would be 3 in the afternoon. And it says, and a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried. Lame from his mother's womb. Lame from his mother's womb. This is not a guy that got hurt last week on the job. Right? This, this is a serious condition. Lame from his mother's womb was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called beautiful, to ask alms of those who entered the temple. Who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked for alms. And fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter, Peter, isn't this the same guy that was filled with the Holy Spirit in the last chapter and got up and preached and 3,000 were added to the church? By the power of the Holy Spirit? Fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, look at us. So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I have I give you. Silver and gold I do not have, but what I have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up. And immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. His feet 
and ankle bones received strength. That's an interesting phrase, isn't it? Isn't it? His feet and his ankle bones did not have the ability, the strength to be able to sustain his weight. He'd never walked. But when Peter grabbed him by the right hand, said, in the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk, and began yanking this man, this man's feet and ankle bones received strength. Now, let me ask you this. Where did that strength come from? <laughs> Didn't Jesus say, but you shall receive power. You shall receive power. See, when you've received the fullness of the Holy Spirit, you have power available that can go right into somebody's body, bones, flesh, ligaments, organs, tissues, nerves, everything. Isn't that right? There is a power on you that can go right in there and strengthen something that's weak and restore something that's deteriorated. See, we got to realize what we have. We've got power from the Holy Spirit. You remember uh, Solomon said in Proverbs chapter 4 about the power of the Word of God. He said, my son, verse 20, give attention to my word. Incline your ears to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. For they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. My words are health to all their flesh. And so we can speak the word of God and the power of the Holy Spirit actually goes into people's bodies, into their flesh, into their bones into the place that is deficient and strengthens it and causes something to happen. See, Jesus didn't send us with just a story. Amen. Well, by this time, Jesus had already died on the cross. He'd already been raised the third day. That's true. But he didn't say, go out and tell the story. No, he said, hold on, hold on. Wait till you get the power of the Holy Spirit that was on my life. You remember Luke chapter 4? Starts off and says, then Jesus being filled with the Spirit was led by the Spirit in the wilderness. Then verse 14 says, and Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit. And so the ministry of Jesus was a ministry with the power of the Holy Spirit. In fact, the miracles that Jesus did, none of them were by the power of the Son of God. They were all by the power of the Holy Spirit. Why? Because he relinquished those abilities to become a human being, and he modeled for us what a human being without the supernatural powers in and of himself could do if he received the power of the Holy Spirit. That's why no miracles happened in the life of Jesus until after he was filled with the Spirit. Somebody say amen. amen. He wanted to show us that little old human us, if we receive the power of the Spirit, can do something. Not by our own strength, but by his power. And so, this man's feet and ankle bones received strength, verse 8. So he, leaping up, stood and walked. Now, wait a minute. Even if you did get healed, you can't walk and stand. Why? You've you don't know how. You're uncoordinated. Isn't that right? You don't know how. You've never walked in your life. You don't know what it feels like, right? But I want you to notice that the power of the Holy Spirit came on this man to where he not only received healing in his body, but he received a supernatural ability to immediately leap up, stand, and walk. And notice what it says here. So he leaping up, stood and walked and entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. Now, why do you think he was doing that? He never walked before. Don't you know this guy's excited? Now, Peter and John are walking. Yeah, we're going into prayer. And he's like, yeah, I want to go too, man. Yeah, woo! I want to go too. Man, he, can you imagine what that's like? You never got to walk before. Your friend carrying you all over the place, dropping you some of the time. 
Isn't that right? Nah, Sam, I don't want you carrying anymore. Slippery Sam, man, you drop me every time you carry me. Big weasel, get somebody over here some muscle, right? Can you imagine somebody carrying you wherever you go and all of a sudden today? Because somebody that's been filled with the Holy Spirit comes by and believes in the power of the name of Jesus. Comes over and said, you think you need money. I don't have any money with me right now, but what I have, I'm willing to give you. Does anybody understand what I'm talking about? The unstoppable spirit-filled church is a church that's filled with the Holy Spirit and you, you have a faith that you got something. And that faith that you've got something overcomes the doubt that says, well, you know, I don't think he's going to get anything. See, that's the way many in the body of Christ have become. They don't even pray. Or if they do pray, it's like, oh, here's somebody sick. Yep. Lord, you see this guy that's sick right here, Lord. Man, that's, you know, that's got to be terrible to have people you know, kind of give God a history of the guy, you know, a little commentary because God doesn't know who this guy is, obviously, right? <laughs> Lord, you see him and he's, you know, he's lame and, and not only that, he can't walk, right? And so, Lord, and he's got people, Lord, that's got to feel bad. He's, he's, you know, insecure about it, no doubt, and just, just probably discouraged, Lord, and, you know, and Lord, we, we just pray right now, Lord, that you just, just, Lord, just encourage him today, Lord. And, and just, just help him, you know, not, not, you know, not to be totally lame, just, you know. But Lord, Lord, we just, see, let me tell you something. Man, by the time you get done praying, man, I'm depressed. Man, go pray, right? Get, go to the temple, leave me alone. Don't come over here and just rehearse. I already know I'm lame. Isn't that right? But that's, that's where the devil has t taken the church to where we don't have any confidence that the power of the Holy Spirit can do stuff for people today. And that kind of a church that doesn't have the confidence in the power of the Holy Spirit is stoppable. But we're talking about the unstoppable spirit-filled church. This is the church that Jesus started. And Jesus said, don't you go anywhere till you get the power of the Holy Spirit. Because this, he said, I will build my church. And this is the way he built it. He built it with the power of the Holy Spirit. Don't even go start yet until you're filled with the Holy Spirit. So notice again, it says, walking and leaping and praising God, verse 9, and all the people saw him walking and praising God. Then they knew that it was he who sat begging alms at the beautiful gate. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what happened. Well, you would be too. Hey, isn't that the lame dude? That dude, look how high he's leaping. That dude could dunk. You know, isn't that right? I mean, you'd be, hey, what happened to that guy? Hey, we'd be asking each other, what happened to that guy? And look at this, verse 11. Now, as the lame man who was healed held on to Peter and John... All the people ran together. You know how crowds are when something happens. All the people ran together to them in the porch, which is called Solomon's. Greatly amazed. Verse 12. So when Peter saw it, remember this is that spirit-filled guy, he responded to the people. And he began to share about the power in Jesus' name. And then look at verse, uh, chapter 4, verse 4. The number of men came to be about 5,000. Well, what happened after that? Well, they got arrested. They were commanded not to preach in Jesus' name anymore. They were let go. They went back to their companions. And then in verse 31 it says, And when they had, this is chapter 4, verse 31, And when they had prayed, the place where they assembled together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Wait a minute, wait a minute. I thought they were already filled with the Holy Spirit. I thought they were already filled with the Holy Spirit. Right? We know Peter and John were already filled with the Holy Spirit. And they went back to their companions. Well, you know, at least some of these companions had to be among those who were filled with the Holy Spirit. And Peter had preached to the 3,000 and said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, 
and repent and you'll be saved. And the gift of what you see happening to us today will come upon you for this is for you and your children and to as many afar off as the Lord our God will call. Didn't he say that? And so he preached right off the bat that you'll receive the same gift to that 3,000. And yet they come together and they pray. And the Bible says while they're praying, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Here's why. Just because you were filled doesn't mean you are. See, we have to understand sometimes we're talking more about distinction of belief system or segmentation of the body of Christ than we are about the actual function of the spirit in our lives. In other words, is that a spirit filled church or is that a non spirit filled church? So we're talking more about a distinction of doctrinal beliefs and people that maybe have opened themselves up to the fullness of the spirit more than we are about something functioning. And because we've done that, we don't function with the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives because we think we're already spirit filled. Just because we were. Have you ever gone to one of these restaurants where they let you fill up your own drink? Have you ever noticed, I don't care which drink you choose. You could choose water, you could choose Coke, you could choose anything you want. But have you ever noticed that thing doesn't stay full? I don't know about you, but I, I mean, I don't even get the lid on it before I'm already drinking out of that thing. I mean, feel that in. I start drinking out of that right away. Anybody else? Why? Because I'm thirsty. That's why. I'm thirsty. That's why. That reminds me of when I was a kid. My brother and I used to go visit my grandpa. My grandpa in Texas, we called him Grandpa Red. That was his nickname, Red. Grandpa Red. <laughs> and Grandpa Red was funny. And uh, when we, get, we got ready to go to bed at night, now we're just, li we're just little guys. And uh, well, he'd, he'd get down to his underwear. And then uh, he, 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 was, uh, he lived by himself. And, uh, you know, this old Texas guy. And uh, on, the, on the wall there next to his bed, he, he pounded in a nail. And he hung right there a toilet bowl scrubber. You know, one of those brushes? And uh, <laughs> so... Before he go to bed, he'd grab that thing and he'd just scratch everywhere, you know. <laughs> he'd just scratch. And I mean, just, I don't know, a, a good five minutes, you know, just scratching. <laughs> and we watched this routine go on every night, you know. <laughs> and so one day I remember I, I said, Grandpa, how come you scratch so much? And he looked around at me like, like I just disrespected him. And he said, cause it itches. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and so you fill that drink up, but what happens? It starts emptying out, isn't that right? Why, you're drinking, a, you're drinking from that cup. So what do you do? You take it back and you get filled again. And that's what Ephesians 5.18 says. It says, don't be drunk with wine. Let me put a parenthetical statement in there. Which is the counterfeit to being filled with this Holy Spirit. Don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. And the Greek there said, is, is saying, if we could translate, if we had enough English to translate it, it would say, but continue to be filled with the Spirit. In other words... God is not going to be outdone by Taco Bell. There are free refills of the Holy Spirit. Somebody say amen to this. And just because you were filled doesn't mean you are filled. Just because you were filled doesn't mean you are filled. Like I've heard people say, man, that man over there, man, man that, he committed adultery, cheated on his wife and such. And somebody said, yeah, and he was spirit filled. Well, not that day he wasn't. Amen. He was full of something that day, but it wasn't the Holy Spirit. Is that right? All up in his heart and mind, he was full of lust is what he was full of. He was full of adultery inside. That day, anybody know what I'm talking about? See, look, he may have been spirit filled. He may even speak with spiritual language. But inside of him was flowing lust that day. Not the Holy Spirit. See, when the Bible says 
they're full of the Holy Spirit, it's not talking about an experience that you had in your history. It's talking about something you are experiencing your, in your life today. Uh, you're filled with the Holy Spirit. And so notice what this says. Let me show you this. It says in chapter 4, verse 31, And when they had prayed, the place where they assembled together was shaken, and they were all, these Spirit-filled people, were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke the Word of God with boldness. They spoke the Word of God with boldness. When you're filled with the Spirit, you begin to speak the Word of God with boldness. Let me tell you something. When we're timid, and I'm including myself too, when we're timid and we don't want to share, and there's somebody right there and we're provoked on the inside, they need to hear, they need to hear, and we don't want to share, let me just tell you right now, you're not full of the Holy Spirit. I don't care if you've been Spirit-filled or not. You're not full today, because when you're full of the Holy Spirit, there's a boldness that comes upon you. Notice. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God with boldness. That's what Jesus said. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you'll be witnesses. When you're filled with the Holy Spirit, then you'll be a witness. And so that's why it's not just a willpower thing. I got to do it. I got to. I'm supposed to do it. Well, we are supposed to do it. But when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, then you've got something inside that gets you over that threshold of reluctancy and uncomfortability. And all of a sudden you realize, what am I concerned about? They're the knuckleheads that don't know Jesus. Isn't that right? I'm on the right side of this thing. And not only that, I've got God's power working with me. So when I share with them, I'm not dependent on my articulateness. I'm not dependent on my education. I'm not dependent on my charisma. Or my good looks, somebody said, thank, thank God, come on. <laughs> I've got somebody working in me that is working on their heart yes. even before I open my mouth. And when I start to open my mouth, something inside is saying, that's what I need. That's what I need. Yes. You see what I'm talking about? We need to continue to open ourselves to be filled with the Spirit. Lift your hand right now. Say, Lord, fill me afresh with your Spirit. Fill me, Lord, every day with your spirit. Lord, may we drink in the Holy Spirit. <laughs> and may he become in us a well springing up to minister to other people. In Jesus' name, boldness, boldness, boldness. We need to be filled with the spirit so we can walk in boldness. I was with my wife at the mall the other day and uh she just stopped. Every once in a while she'll do this. She stopped and looked around at me and she just made a statement. She said, Monday I'm starting to work out again and I want you to help me to do it. So I said, thinking, what, what does that mean? Help her to do it. So I said, uh, what could I do to help you to do it. She thought for a minute. I said, what could I do to help you to work out? And she said, well, maybe you could say to me, hey, chubby. I said, uh, that'll get me running, but not you. <laughs> Isn't that right? If I say that, I'll be working out. <laughs> and let me just tell you, I don't have the boldness to say that to her. <laughs> hey, listen, when we're filled with the Holy Spirit, stuff, you can do stuff you couldn't do before. You couldn't do it yesterday, but today you open up. And you begin to sing and you begin to say, come, Lord, Holy Spirit, come. And you read your Bible, say, come, Lord. See, it's not just putting a little check mark, come, Lord, come. And all of a sudden you're able to do something. You're able to do something. They were filled with the Holy Spirit and they spoke the word of God with boldness. Will you remember this in Acts chapter 6? We went over this, that there was an issue with the Hellenists not receiving uh, 
distribution for their widows. And then in verse 2, then the 12 summoned the multitude of the disciples and said, it's not desirable that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Therefore, brethren, seek out from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit. Seek out seven men of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit, full, not used to be, or they were filled, not their, their spirit filled. No, but they are presently, currently full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom whom we may appoint over this business, but we'll give ourselves continually to prayer and the ministry of the word. Why? So we can stay full. Verse seven, then the word of God spread and the number of the disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem. See, when you start valuing being spirit filled, the fullness of the spirit starts doing wonders in people's lives and the word of God spreads. The word of God spreads and the number of the disciples are multiplied. This past month, right at the beginning of the month, I took three days away for prayer and fasting. You know why you do that? You do that to be full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom. That's why you do that. The power of the Holy Spirit comes on you when you take time to do that. And the wisdom of God. And then we took some other time. Kimberly and me to go and to be before the Lord and to hear his word and to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And I've been seeking God about what he wants to do. And so we got right up. I felt led to do some training starting this past Tuesday night. And as I approached it, oh, I felt stirred about this whole T for T thing. I had one of my professors from Bible college, a great man of God, great teacher of the word of God. He shared with me about discipleship movements that are going all over the world. And one of them I've shared with you is called T for T, training for trainers. In fact, I've been sharing some details based on my memory of the story, but uh, I got it straight from the horse's mouth. Now, let me share this. This is, this is a, from a man named Ying Kai. Ying Kai. And here's what happened. In the year 2000, Ying was pastoring a church in Asia when God began to burden his heart to see the countless millions of Chinese outside his church come to faith in Christ. In addition to pastoring, Ying had already been starting a new church every year for several years, but his restless heart knew that this was, this was simply not enough to reach the millions of lost people living and dying all around him every day. One day, as Ying was praying, the Holy Spirit seemed to say to him, Ying, what is better than planting a church? Ying could not imagine until the Spirit seemed to whisper, training others to plant churches. Ying was immediately encouraged and he knew he could train 10 to 20 new church planters each year. And each of them could start a new church. Before he finished his prayer, though, the Holy Spirit seemed to pose a second question. Ying, what is better than training others to plant churches? Ying was at a loss. What could be better? Then the Spirit replied, training others to train others to plant churches. Ying left this time of prayer filled with a desire to obey the Spirit's leading and to begin what he called training for trainers, or T for T. Ying began with about 30 men and women, laypersons, no pastors, just regular people in his congregation, about 30 men and women in his local church, and he was sharing with them what he thought was an ambitious vision to see 200 churches planted over the next three years. Now, he'd been planting one a year. And now he cast to these 30 an ambitious vision that because they're going to begin training trainers to plant churches, that they set a goal of planting 200 churches in three years. As Ying attempted to teach them how to win lost persons to Christ and plant new churches, he kept hearing the same pattern of objections. Ying realized that these typical Christian men and women had four questions or challenges that kept them from being effective partners in winning the lost to Christ and planting new reproducing churches. As Ying began addressing these four questions, he watched as God began transforming these average Christian men and women into confident and competent partners in multiplying new believers and churches across uh, the province. In a moment, we'll look at those four questions. 
and the answers that Ying provided. But first, let's see what God did with Ying's band of training trainers. Within a few short weeks, Ying's trainees had started 20 small groups that were already becoming new churches within a few weeks. Seven months later, Ying could count 327 small groups formed with 4,000 newly baptized believers. Seven months. God had already surpassed Ying's vision of 200 churches in three years, in seven months. By the end of the first year, the movement counted 908 house churches by the end of one year. 908 house churches with more than 12,000 newly baptized members. And the following year saw 3,535 new churches formed with more than 50,000 baptisms the next year. You can imagine the skepticism that accompanied numbers like these. So the next year, a research assessment team investigated what was rapidly becoming the fastest growing church planting movement in the world. And they discovered that rather than exaggerating, Ying had actually been underreporting his numbers by as much as 40%. Some churches reproduced, seven, these house churches, some of them reproduced 17 times in a year and a half. That's how fast they were growing and multiplying. By the end of that year, the movement had added another 104,000 water baptisms and more than 9,000 new churches. Despite persecution, disease, epidemics, and many spiritual attacks, the movement has continued its remarkable growth. By 2008, researchers report nearly 2 million people have been baptized in water, in other words, they got saved, and have taken in, uh, they've taken place in less than a decade, and more than 80,000 new churches have been started. This movement has has not taken place in a vacuum. It is happening in a part of the world that has had more than a century of missionary activity, and yet this region of Asia has been more characterized by its unresponsiveness and hard soil than by its openness to the gospel. And then uh, I had read there that we're going to get into the four questions, and uh, we're going to do that in our training. Isn't that powerful? Now listen. As I approached Tuesday's meeting, I began to feel this stirring inside about this T for T, and I began to look into it and and found these materials and this training and how simple it is. You know what's so powerful about it? It flies in the face of our Western culture that says, you got to have all this other stuff to minister. You got to have so much organization. You got to have budget. You got to have lots of time. You got to have resources. You got to know exactly what you're doing. And this flies in the face of all that and just gets down to the basics of what the Bible gave us and said, no, you got enough. No, we've got enough. And so this last Tuesday night, I came in here and I met with some of our team before. Uh, our leaders and I said look this is what I sense and I laid it out to them and even though we didn't have everything prepared like we'd like to and you know spend weeks and weeks and weeks I said look this is what I sense the Holy Spirit saying and our leader said man let's do it that's the Lord now that's not that's not like an American church of leaders who are experienced at this but we knew this is of the Lord The Holy Spirit bore witness in our hearts. This is of the Lord. And so I came in here to share, listen to this. There were 481 people in this room to be trained. On a Tuesday night. On a Tuesday night. And I believe that included the Spanish, actually, which was being translated in another room. But it didn't count all the kids and the workers watching the kids. About 550 total people came out on a Tuesday night, 481 of them being trained. And so I began to teach them and train them this T for T model, which is so simple to receive from the Lord and begin to share and begin to share. And so we went over these four questions with them and God began to stir our hearts. Well, that was on Tuesday night. 
One of the things that we did was that you're trained to do in T4T is to write out your testimony so that you could share it in one to two minutes. Why? Because normally you don't have much longer to share with a lot of people. And so we, we just took the time Tuesday night. We wrote out our testimony in one or two minutes. It consists of three parts. Number one, your life before Jesus. Number two, how you met Jesus. Number three, your life since meeting Jesus. Simple. One or two minutes. We just took the time to read it. We practiced it. We said it to somebody else. They gave us a little feedback on it and such. That was Tuesday night. Wednesday night, I'm minding my own business. Trying to go get something to eat at Chipotle. <laughs> and as I'm walking out with my bag, headed home, a man said, hey, can you, can you give me some money, something to eat? He said, no, I'm, I'm seriously, it's just, just to eat. I'm not going to do drugs or anything, just, just something to eat and such. And I realized that the night before, 481 of us, well, maybe 82 with me, we were trained to share our story. And so I said, well, listen, uh, I said, I don't have any cash on me, but I'll, I'll buy you something. You want to come back in here? He said, okay, okay. So he went and put his bike down. Before we walked in, I said, hey, let me share something with you. And I gave him my little two-minute testimony of what Jesus has done in my life. And I asked him, do you want Jesus to change your life? Yeah, man, you know, and he went on talking, you know, about stuff. I listened. So we prayed right there. You know, he's kind of looking around everybody, you know. We prayed right there. We went in, got him something to eat. And uh, I, I noticed his hands. And I said, hey, go on in the bathroom, wash it, get, get washed up. I'll stand in line for you. Come back out. He said, okay. So he went. And uh, when he went, there was a young lady worked there in line to get something to eat I shared my story with her and this guy comes back and I share with him and I said listen I'll meet you in the morning we're going to go over lesson one I want to teach you some things so he met me the next morning but listen to this listen to this uh, you know I, I appreciate that but that, that should be the normal Christian life on the way driving to meet him the next morning, I'm freaking out. <laughs> because I realize I'm unprepared. I don't have any Bible for this guy. I was supposed to have notes, you know, of the lesson I'm going to give him. I, I, don't have, uh, I don't have anything for him to write on. And I realize, man, I'm not even prepared. And I'm just thinking, Lord, man, how are we going to do this? And here I am. I'm not even prepared. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, you have everything you need. See, listen, listen to me. Listen to me. You see how we are? The enemy's been lying to us and saying that we got to have all this Western organization and stuff. Now, listen, we should have stuff and we should get better at doing this. But so if, if I don't have any silver and gold, what I have is enough. Isn't that right? Here we are full of God's word. Full of God's spirit. Why are we going through all these classes and learning and learning and learning and learning and then you can't even give it to somebody that doesn't know Jack? Amen. We ought to be able to give somebody something. Isn't that right? And the Holy Spirit just ministered to me and said, see, that's the problem right there is you got to put all this other stuff in it and then you don't have time for all that other stuff and you can't even help somebody. I saw it, bam, right there. And I saw what happened with Yin Kai, and he just allowed the Holy Spirit. And what Jesus said, freely you've received, give that. Give that, what do you have? What do you remember Jesus? What do you have, five loaves and two fish? And the disciples, well, that's not enough. We can't feed all these people. Jesus said, come here, just bring it over here. Just take what you've got. And let's bless it and watch what God can do with it. Somebody say amen. amen. I know somebody's saying, I don't have a lot of time. I don't have a lot of confidence. I don't have a lot of training. Look, take what you have. Take what you have and let God do something with it. That's part of the testimony is it wasn't you.
and you being all articulate, well, I haven't been to Bible college and everything. Well, thank God. Maybe you're going to be able to relate more because you don't have all that jargon that sometimes only a theological student can understand. A theology student, isn't that right? You don't have all that. Man, you just get right down and minister to people right where they are. Praise God. Praise God. Does everybody see what I'm talking about? See, this is what the Holy Spirit is saying to us. The Holy Spirit is saying, I want to do a move, but I want you to be able to be pruned of a lot of stuff that you thought you had to have. I just want to use you and your testimony. I just want to use you just talking to people and relating to people and ministering to people. So you know what? He's supposed to be here this afternoon for our training. Yeah. Why? I told him, I said, you know what? I'm training you to train people and to help people. He said, yeah, I can do that, man. I can do that. Yeah, I can do that. <laughs> he doesn't know what he's in for. <laughs> Praise God. And this is what the Lord is doing in us. We're talking about the unstoppable spirit-filled church that doesn't have to have a perfect world and a perfect setting. All prepares like, I got something in here. I got someone in here and he's helping me and he's going to take this opportunity and he's going to minister and it's going to be powerful. It's going to be powerful. I've been saying to you, including at Vision 2013, that the Lord's been redirecting me. Anybody know? You've been hearing me say that? That the Lord's redirecting my focus. And I realize now that this is what it is. Oh, the Lord's redirecting me. To bring us all right down to the simplicity of being filled with the Holy Spirit, staying full of the Holy Spirit, and beginning to do exactly what the book of Acts says. Exactly. Why? We're the same church as this. We're many generations later, but it's the same Holy Spirit. Somebody said, well, man, the Holy Spirit's old now. He's probably tired. No, he, no. No, he's not old. He doesn't have a long gray beard. No, I mean, he's just as sharp, just as energetic, just as full of power as he ever was. Can somebody say amen? amen. It's us that have become lethargic. It's us that have become lethargic. Praise God. And, and some of us are spiritually chubby. <laughs> We've been eating, 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 and we're not exercising what the Lord's given us. Amen. Don't worry, I won't have you turn to each other and say that, you know. <laughs> Praise God. The unstoppable spirit-filled church.